the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Welcome after the long holiday weekend to the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Glad that you're with us and uh, hope that wherever you are, you're comfortable and uh, cool as it's a little hot out there. All right. Speaking of cool. Yeah. I got a question for you. Okay. How cool is too cool? How cool is too cool? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, now that it's hot outside. Oh, I thought you were talking about like, you know, society or like me. (laughs) Stop being so cool. (laughs) Stop being cool, John. Well, I can't. Just, you know. I don't think I've ever said that to you. <laughs> just stop just, it. In my mind's just, eye, that's the conversation. Being so cool. How cool can you be, no, man? No, I mean, no, no, no. I'm thinking in particular about air conditioning. Oh. We have a history here, and we've <laughs> talked about it on the air, of absolutely freezing in our studio. It's a little chilly in I here mean, today. You can hang meat in here some days. Mm-hmm. Now, today is cold, but not hang meat cold. Right. But, it, I mean, it's been colder, for sure. A lot colder. But- over the weekend, I live in a house with no air conditioning. You live in a house with no air conditioning. <laughs> Saturday yeah. was hot. Saturday was was really hot. I went to a movie in the afternoon. How often do I go to see a movie? You did to escape the heat. We were just so hot. Really? We were like, you know what? We're going to see a no movie. No kidding. Yes, yeah, so we went to a five o'clock movie. See, I didn't think it was that bad over the weekend. It I was really didn't. So hot in our house hmm. on Saturday. Um, it was just really, really good to get out. So. I, you know, I, I vacillate because I, I'm at a house that's, you know, temperate. And so if it's 95 outside, it's 95 inside. Or right? more. And then I come here and oftentimes it's 58 degrees in the studio mm-hmm. and it's too much. So it just when I saw this article over the weekend by Penelope Green in the Times, do Americans need air conditioning? I thought, well, I don't, I can't think of two more people, two people who'd be more able to have this conversation than you and I. Yeah, because we live both sides of right, the point. Right, right. So, what do you think about how we do air conditioning in our? I don't want to say like our whole country, but at least talk about you know Pittsburgh, your travels. What yeah. do you think? I, so, I, I think the first time I was deeply aware of of societal's um, air conditioning woes when I would go visit my brother who lives in Chesapeake, Virginia. And I'd go see him once a summer and there would be virtually no one on the street. I mean, no one. Everybody was inside with their doors closed and the air conditioning on. Pittsburgh probably has become more like that, um, which is odd because when we grew up as kids, everybody sat on the front porch to escape the heat. You had fans and you just got on with it. Well, now because of air conditioning, you know, year round, you don't see anyone in your neighborhood. Uh, we are the only family in our neighborhood that sits out on their porch. Now, now, oh, to be fair, a lot of our uh, our house was built in 1930, and a lot of the houses in our neighborhood were built in the 50s. So I recognize that there's an architectural difference that most people don't have front porches right. because of just how their houses are designed, but. 
people are inside their houses. I mean, overall, we're the only ones in our whole neighborhood, really, that are outside. Yeah, us and the neighbors across the street. And we wave to each other. Now, <laughs> like, does your neighbor across the street have air conditioning? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. So yeah. they just, but they choose to sit outside. They want to be outside. Right. There's, uh, there's a lot of beauty in port sitting. If you didn't have air, if you did have air conditioning, would you not sit on the porch? Well, I don't know because I've never had it. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I would think it would change my. I mean, the reason you go outside is because it's you at least get a breeze outside, it's and lovely. inside it, you're dying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really hot. But I do have this real resentment over going into a restaurant or a movie theater or whatever in the summer and freezing. So mm-hmm. I, I mentioned this article by Penelope Green in the Times. And she says uh, she says this. She was um, southbound on Amtrak's Northeast Regional, shivering in the quiet car in a scarf, jacket, long pants, and boots. <laughs> now, there's no reason no. why we have to be doing that, especially <clears throat> when we keep talking to each other about how epic climate change is. Right. Now, okay, so over the weekend, uh, I was thinking about this as well where I saw people tweeting that air conditioning is is essentially misogynistic. Oh, yeah. I saw that too. Of course, that's because of the clothing that men wear to work and the clothing that women wear to work. So men appreciate the lower temperature because they're wearing a shirt, a tie, and a suit. Often. And women are freezing because they have to wear a dress or something like that that makes them cold. I mean, misogynistic air conditioning. I mean, mean, really. It's the age we live in. Everyone's a victim, right? Okay. That's really stupid. Let me say this, though. It is stupid. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to take air conditioning and make it into a gender issue. But we talked on the air when I was in Germany over the last couple weeks. There is no air conditioning in Germany. Which I find – okay. So you stayed in hotels. That were air conditioned. Because they were catering towards a tourist crowd. Exactly. Where the kids stayed with host families in Germany, no air conditioning. There's no air conditioning anywhere. There's no air conditioning in homes. Restaurants, stores, theaters, nothing. No, really. Well, I mean, I wasn't in a theater, so I don't know. I wonder about that. But there's no. I mean, there is no air conditioning. Do you go to a mall, a German mall? No. Wonder what that's like. No, but I bet you. I don't think there's air conditioning. Yeah. There's not air conditioning anywhere, and I ha- and of course I was there during the hottest recorded temperatures that <laughs> Germany's ever had. So it was probably a bad time for me to be assessing it. Uh, but no, it's probably a good time. Well, for you to a good time. It. But here's the thing that is. The really wrong with how they do it from my perspective is that they have no fans. No fans? So you just sit. No ceiling fans? There were no fans. I mean, I could not get over the fact that you would be, you would walk into a store, into a grocery store. I was in a grocery store in Hanover, Germany, and it, like the produce was sweating. Really? It was so warm in there, and there's no, there's not a blessed fan going. No like, fan. I'm fine. As I've said, I yeah. live without air conditioning, but you can't take away my Fan. Give me a fan. Yeah. So there has to be some give and take. But going to the extreme of having to be in an Amtrak in full gear, including boots and a hat because you're freezing, <laughs> is ridiculous. It's a bit Come much. on. No fans, no ice. No. Now, and there's no what... ice in Germany either. No, of course not. So they'll say, you're so hot, let me hand you this lukewarm glass of water. <laughs> why, do, why don't they want to be happy? I don't know. Maybe they're, just, they're, they're hardy is what they are. I don't understand. They're not wimpy. Okay. So for all of the conversation that we're having in America about climate change and our responsibility to be judicious with our fuel consumption. Our resources. If people used 50% of the air conditioning that they currently use, I think we could make a dent in that. Probably But so. I'm telling you, the same people who are going on and on and on and on about climate change and the, the perils of our uh, environment environment 
are also the ones who were living in the city of Pittsburgh and jacking up their AC. Right. So that's now, my only comment I'm going to make on that. Now, I wonder about this. That, okay. whatever you want. So that all all buildings are now look, look at us. We're six stories up. We couldn't open this window if we tried. So there's no. I wonder if office buildings in Germany or in Europe have windows that open so that air can flow through. What would that be like? Well, I wasn't in office buildings, so I can't speak to yeah. that. I was in several uh, buildings that weren't office buildings, and they all had windows open. Mm-hmm. Okay. But these were older structures. They were older structures. Right. They're not like us. Booming. All right. Well, uh, all things considered, despite you being hot on Saturday, it's been a pretty mild winter. Listen, Wet I, is li- what it's been. John, I'd much rather have a 90-degree day than a... 20 degree day oh me too you know I, <laughs> any so day I'm not, I, I hope look when we leave here every day we walk outside now and you go oh isn't that beautiful it's so warm because you feel that you feel that heat i love that Very and nice. there's nothing about me that wishes that i had ac at home i'm really fine without me it. too yeah i don't like but i need ac in my car yeah because when you get you get dressed up yeah. or you're just sitting in traffic you need a little AC in yeah. your car. I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. any day of the week rather have it. In I agree. Car. And you can, you're very smart. What movie did you see? Spider Man. Oh, what? Did you? A great. It's landed at number two on my list of all of Marvel films. Hmm. Number two. That okay. is highly rated. That friends. Is, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, maybe at some point I'll see it. Just well, you have to see, you have to see Homecoming first. All right, see and I look down. It's not going to make any sense. Okay. Well, believe me, that's not a hardship because Homecoming is a delightful film, and right. Homecoming is my favorite Marvel film. Okay. So, Spider Man on my list are one and two. All right. Iron Man's number three. In case you're keeping track at home. Very nice. Hey, keeping a track at home uh, tonight's the um, Home Run Derby. Go, Josh Bell. Josh Bell, man, let's go. Let's go, Bucks. Right. Eight o'clock. Uh, I believe so. I'm tuning Have in. you ever watched the Home Run Derby? Yeah, it's kind it's of really boring. It's really weird. It is boring. It's boring. I back, mean, back, who are back, we back, kidding? Back, 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 What is that all about? That's look, there's, Chris there's not much baseball that we're going to see this week, so just yeah. watch it. Want to see Josh? Be happy. Mack it out of there. Okay, take a break. Come back. Uh, oh, it's National Blueberry Month. Oh, we didn't talk or, about it. It's National, National Blueberry National Day. Day, day. We'll talk day. about that when we come back. Plus, look what happened in the uh, Starbucks in Tempe, Arizona. Holy smokes. On the 4th of July. Would be you careful be, there. Would, would you be happy if a cop was there? Or yeah. would you be uncomfortable if a cop was there? I'm always happy when you see a cop around. I feel safe. But maybe other people have different opinions about that. Stir it ahead. Stick around. Hey, are you getting close to retirement? Have you experienced a nice bump in your portfolio? Now, we know that the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure you have a retirement that's tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, And speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle them too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. So call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. So give them a call today, 724-884-1496, or visit them online, marleyfg.com. 101.5 101.5 WORD. Hello, I'm Jack Graham, and I want to personally invite you to join me each weekday for PowerPoint, where we'll get down to the basics of what really matters life in Jesus Christ. Each day, I'll give you practical biblical steps for tapping into God's power for successful Christian living. 
So make plans to join me for a time of spiritual encouragement that will leave you feeling more alive in Christ. PowerPoint, tonight at 9.30 on 101.5 WORD. We all scream for ice cream. That's exactly what's happening every day at the Springhouse in 84. We're literally up to our elbows in ice cream. But who could resist a cotton candy ice cream cone? Or how about cookie dough? Or Heath Crunch? Or even raspberry chocolate yogurt? You've just got to try them all. If not a cone, then how about a toasted almond fudge ball? Creamy vanilla ice cream rolled in toasted chopped almonds and topped with gooey hot fudge and real whipped cream. Or better yet, a strawberry ice cream shortcake made with real old-fashioned shortcakes, smothered with sliced strawberries, and again, real whipped cream. Jump in the car now. Head to 84 in the Springhouse, where we want you to scream for ice cream. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. It's Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half this Tuesday through Saturday and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They've just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com. What's happened to my son? We raised him in a church, and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself, and this morning, I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call today, 724-265-4100, or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. I watched that show. Do you like that show? I don't know what show it is. Oh, it's the theme song from Cops. Cops. Yeah. Oh, no. I, you know, my, I do not watch Cops. My wife abhors that show. She abhors it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am with her. It's a guilty serious. pleasure for me. How can, That is not a pleasure. That cannot possibly be Oh, no. You look at those guys. Get out of here. Here's what I think. We, I watch it with my one son. We look at that and go, look at that coconut. <laughs> look at, don't, don't be that, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. It's a good life. It's a good life lesson. Oh come on! It is a good it life is. lesson. Okay. You see so much idiocy on the show. Seriously, just don't be that guy. Okay. It gives me a whole level of respect for cops. It really okay. does. Okay. So uh, speaking of yes, uh, Starbucks has issued an apology after an employee asked a group of six police officers in Tempe, Arizona, to either leave one of its stores or to move out of the line of sight of a customer. 
The officers say that a barista told them the customers didn't feel safe with the police in the local Starbucks. The Tempe Officers Association, the police union, then posted a statement about the July 4th incidents on its Facebook page, saying that the officers paid for their drinks and stood together having a cup of coffee. They were approached by a barista who knew one of the officers by name because he's a regular at that Starbucks location. The barista said the customer, quote, did not feel safe because of the police presence. The barista asked the officers to move out of the customer's line of sight or to leave. Disappointed, the officers did, in fact, leave. Then uh, on Sunday, the manager of that store met with um, the mayor of Tempe, Arizona, and several officers and offered an apology. Now, when you see police officers in, say you walked into Starbucks and there were six cops, how would you feel? Well, I'd, I'd feel okay with it. Depending on where the Starbucks was. What do you mean, depending upon where the Starbucks was? Because I, if if I was on the Pitt campus, <laughs> oh, there's a backstory here. And I was in the Starbucks on Fifth Avenue, right? And it was six Pitt cops. I'd probably feel different. Okay, so you had a bad experience with the uh, University of Pittsburgh's police force, right? But not the whole force, just one guy. With one guy. Okay. Um, now, me, if I walked into Starbucks and there were six cops, I'd feel pretty good thinking. I'm pretty safe here. Not much bad's going to happen, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm protected by six cops. I, so I think it's a matter, Mike. You as well oh, yeah. chime in. Do you feel safe or not? I, w- I I do feel safe when I'm when I see a cop. I was just at the Eaton Park uh, on Sunday, and there were two cops sitting behind me, and it is intimidating seeing. You know all that gear, all that gear and the guns and stuff. But. Yeah, but if something happens, you know that firepower is going to open up. Exactly. However, we had uh, Pastor Dean Weaver with us on the show last week. Dean's from Memorial Park, and uh, he has two adopted children who are uh, uh, they're from where? Well, one is from Cleveland, I think, and one is from Sierra Leone. So, as a as a dad. As a white man teaching two adopted black sons how to drive. And contrasting that with how he taught his white son how to drive. Right. He had to teach these boys, his his younger sons, how to drive while black, which is a thing. So I guess it's all a matter of perspective and your interaction, good or bad, with police officers. I think the whole police issue... We just see through our own lens. Of course. We all do. That's what we know, That's what we know, right? And because of the force that you guys mentioned and all the gear, that just amps up whatever your personal experience is. Sure. I mean, it's just the – I I think this is – this is a really sad situation, and I think that Starbucks handled it the right way by coming out and apologizing. In fact, um, let's see here. Roseanne Williams is the coffee chain's executive vice president, and she wrote, on behalf of Starbucks, I want to sincerely apologize to you all for the experience six of your officers had in our store on July 4th. What occurred that day is never the experience your officers or any customer should have. And at Starbucks, we're already taking the necessary steps to ensure it doesn't happen again in the future, which means probably the barista just got canned. Because here's the problem. The barista is making a low wage. I don't know exactly what they make. I'm not saying they make minimum wage, but they're not making a lot. So that person went way beyond the bounds of what they were supposed to do by well, going up and asking the cops to leave. Now, that barista knew one of the cops, right? So he took it upon himself. Or she. Yeah, to say, hey, man, somebody's uh, complaining about you guys being here. I don't think the barista was out of bounds. I 
I think the barista was totally out of bounds. That's not the barista's choice. Well, so, uh, so a customer complained. The barista, that barista's fired. The barista's, that's, I bet that's what happened. I'm surprised by that. So the barista's sort of, you know, that's his gig. He's in charge of the room, the vibe. Is of the he room. in charge of the room? I think he's. Kind I think he's of. there to make coffee. He is, but it's also I think you know if there's a disturbance or a complaint. The barista's the the person who. Does so why don't thing. you tell the person who's upset by the cops you're going to have to relax because they just paid for their coffee and I know that guy. Yeah, I, I get I get both. I see both sides of this, right? But if if someone does complain and you know someone, you kind of think, uh, okay, these well, guys. Well, here's are the problem: out. is that's turned into a public relations fiasco for Starbucks that was brought on by a barista going outside their realm of responsibility. Right. But I think it goes back to the fact of. Your life experience, how you were brought up, where you were brought up, informs how you feel about police officers. There's no doubt about that. And look, I'm a white woman. So my experience, I'm not saying I have the same experience as some, you know, 25-year-old black kid from Homewood. I, I recognize that they're very different. But I can say that if I'm pulled over by a cop in, I don't know, in McKees Rocks, I feel okay about it. But- the experience I had with the university cops in Oakland was so bad. He that that cop was was absolutely committed to demeaning and embarrassing me over something that was so stupid. It was just idiotic. But his goal was to completely demean me publicly. Okay, so that was one cop one at the cop. University of Pittsburgh. Right. But anytime you see Every a University see of Pittsburgh a, you, police, I'm like, oh, there they are again. It, it shades there everything. They, it does. Right. It really does. And the day that I walked into the courtroom to try to fight that ticket that that guy gave me and the judge wouldn't even listen to what I had to say because that cop was there. I didn't even have a chance to explain my side of the story. It was a done deal. Right. It was it was fixed from the very start. Which a lot of people of color would feel the same exactly. way about this. Right? Okay. So let's let, let's imagine this. What if the barista had went to the cops and said, hey, man, someone's complaining about your presence here. Do you want to go and have a conversation with them? Mm, that would have been a good thing to say. What would have that been like if the cop, one of the cops would have walked over to the person who was complaining and said, hey, uh, we're here just having a cup of coffee. Um, can you talk about you know your feelings about this? Right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's like cop therapist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it is a fee- it's now, an do emotional. They ever, do they ever show that on cops? Is that ever feelings. an element of the weekly show? Nothing more it. than feelings. I mean, so okay. What would happen if the barista said to the person who complained, "Hey, guess what." Hey, guess what? Get over it. They paid for their coffee. You right. paid for your coffee. These so guys sit just, down, sit down and deal with it. They're just hanging out. They're doing their thing. Right, they're having a break just like you are. I, I think that would have been fine as well. I think the difference to me is that the barista knew the cop because he called him by name. They they had a relationship, so he was probably just not not acting as a barista, but acting as like buddy to buddy. That's kind of how I, I well, envisioned if it. it was buddy to buddy, those cops were hacked off enough yeah, that everyone is reading this story and we're talking about it on the radio. I now, mean, everybody knows. Right now, what would have been the best option is to say you're going to talk to my manager. Who the barista yeah. would say that to the man? Yeah, maybe the barista was the manager though. But well, would have said a store. It would have said the Starbucks manager though. Yeah, if that was the case. But I'm telling you that barista is now unemployed. I'd be surprised. Oh, I would be. Why? I don't know. I'm just be. I think the barista wasn't being a jerk. He was just trying to do the right thing in his mind. Yeah, but that's all. You you know what they say about good intentions? <laughs> what do they say? They say that 
You shouldn't act on them all the time. <laughs> sometimes they make you look bad and you read an article about yourself in, in on NPR.org. I guess. All right, take a break. Come back. Uh, it's National Blueberry Day. Uh, How are you going to celebrate? I had blueberries this morning with my shredded wheat. Good. Shredded wheat? Yeah, I like shredded wheat. For breakfast in the morning? I think it's like an old person cereal. What? What are you talking about? I think it is. No, I think it's hearty and clean. I don't know. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information, messages struggling to get attention. So many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out for the resources and know-how to make it all work. There's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure, Returning to Lancaster. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by nearly one million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at sight-sound.com. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more, because you have choices nearby, and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.net, pittsburghchristianschools.net. For victims of drunk and drug driving, our grief is unique. But you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call our 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit MAD.org. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour. A tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered if you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join other Word FM listeners on the Stand with Israel tour by going to wordfm.com slash Israel. That's wordfm.com slash Israel. Studies show decades of increased taxpayer spending per student has failed to improve educational performance. Can't we do better? Pittsburgh's Christian schools say we can. If you're looking for a safe environment for kids to learn, challenge, and grow, where character matters and academic excellence is served by highly qualified teachers who partner with parents, consider Christian education. Right now, local Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees while they last at wordfm.com tuitions. Clearing skies tonight and more comfortable. We'll drop 64. Then tomorrow looks to be partly sunny and warmer with a high 87. There could be a shower or thunderstorm in a few places, maybe during the afternoon. Mostly clear with a low 68 tomorrow night. Then it'll be warm and more humid Wednesday with a mix of clouds and sun, high again 87. There can be an afternoon or evening thunderstorm as well. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Streit. I'm heartbroken. 
about... Well, I just got a newsflash on my phone that Representative Eric Swalwell says he's dropping out of the presidential race. Who's that? I don't know. I never heard of him. I don't know he was in the race. I didn't either. Where is he from? Uh, California. Really? What happened? I don't know. His funding dried up quickly. (laughs) It's just... Breaks my heart. That's a short throw. Listen, as long as Marion Williamson stays in the race, I'm good with that. Seriously. I mean, we need to talk about her at some point. We really do, because she is something. She is something else. I I didn't know who she was until you let me in on her backstory. Yeah. Well, Course in Miracles. That is something. Check that out. That is something. There's a a, a graphic going around the internet which has uh, stills from Matthew McConaughey films. And <laughs> underneath, yeah. instead of it being the quote from the film, it's quotes from Marianne Williamson at the last debate. <laughs> I mean, you combine those two. That's good. That's very funny. Is he driving his car? It, it's, you, you just have to see it. Late you'll, at night, he's on you'll laugh. All right, so bad news for Baltimore. Uh, for the second year running, they have the worst drivers in the country. Oh, really? Yeah, that's according to the latest America's Best Drivers Report by Allstate. Uh, they've done this 15 years running, and they analyzed the collision frequency in America's 200 most populous cities. Oh. The collision frequency. Are we on that list? Mm, we are not on the list, oh. I'm happy to say. We're good then. Would you like to hear the top five best cities first or yes. the top, bottom five worst cities yeah, first? Yeah, let's, let's showcase the best drivers. I think we should. Uh, Brownsville, Texas. Brownsville, Texas. Mm-hmm. That's number one. The city with the safest drivers, second year running. Really? And so average I've never years, heard of Brownsville, Texas. Uh, how far between uh, collisions? Well, it doesn't really say because the um, it only gives the frequency for the those at the bottom. Oh, okay. I've, wait, so I, I'm sorry. Wait, I've got another list here. Oh, so you do? Brownsville is uh, 14.95 years. Wow, 14 years between collisions. Yeah. Wow. The ones at the top, Baltimore is 4.19. Woo-wee. Every four years, they're wrecking. Really? No, I, I hate to bring this up because, I, you know, I don't believe this, but I'm going to say it. I don't want to jinx myself, but when's the last time you had an accident? The last one I had, Was you me? saw. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I've given with you. Not that it's not embarrassing enough to have a collision, but to have John Hall in the car behind you. Behind you. That was a special See, kind of torture. Seeing the whole thing. <laughs> That was a long time ago. Mike, you're That lucky. was a long time that ago. At least he wasn't in front of you. Was that? Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. That's that's really well said. You know what's so sad about it? Mm. I've shared it before, but I have to say it again. Oh, I'll, I'll defend myself here. <laughs> okay. So this woman and I and jo- So it's this woman's car. <laughs> okay, there's th- wait, wait. There's three vehicles. We're getting off an exit together. Right. 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 And, we're, and, and we're- this woman who is driving her car is looking at her phone mm-hmm. instead of looking at the light mm-hmm. when it changes. So when the light changed green, I went because that's what happens when it changes green. Even but, though the car in front of you did not right, go. because she wasn't looking at the light. I'm just going to get her out of the way. And so, Let's go, lady. <laughs> I crashed into the back of that car. I smashed it. Sm- <laughs> now, the, the bad thing was, a couple things, it was a new car. She had just come from buying it. <laughs> <laughs> she was that's driving. She was that awful? Driving her new car home, and you ran into I her. I feel so badly mm-hmm. about it. It was so awful. Then, Wait, but the other thing that was... There we go. The other thing that was horrible, yeah. I did zero damage to my car. Mm. I mean, nothing. There's nothing. I did nothing to my car. What was she driving? What was she that was car? driving some kind of Kia. Oh. Sedona. No, Sedona's the, whatever their, uh, it's not their minivan, but it's like their SUV. I see. Just called, tore up. My Murano just took it out. Just tore it up. <laughs> and then, so then I was behind you and I was like, oh, geez, here's a, here's a little wreck. And we were going to a meeting at your house. Right. So I just pulled around. I was like, you got this? You okay? Yeah. And I just drove to your place. 
So he, so I get there 45 minutes later. He's sitting there with Eric eating guacamole. What was I'm I like, going to do? <laughs> what was I going to do? Thanks, you Offer guys. Offer support? Anyway. Poor cat. Brownsville, Texas, uh, the city with the safest drivers. Next comes Boise, Idaho, mm-hmm. then Huntsville, Alabama, then Kansas City, Kansas, and Laredo, Texas. Those are the best drivers in America I wonder as what far the, as collision goes. What's the common denominator there? Well, there's two from – well, they're all southern. Hmm. My guess is that there's not a lot of people in these areas. Kansas City, Kansas, you can't really call that southern. You kind of have to call yeah, that Midwestern, that's Midwest, right? sure. Yeah. Okay. You want to hear the worst? Please. Glendale, Cal- well, we already know Baltimore's worst. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, Glendale, California. Mm-hmm. That's because they're overtaxed and they have immigration issues and they can't really afford to buy homes. <laughs> so I just made that <laughs> okay, up. Okay. That's good. I totally made that up. Okay. Number three, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh, Massachusetts. Because they're Patriots fans. I think. Because that, wouldn't that make anyone angsty? Yes, I think so. Number four, Boston. Again, because they're Patriot fans. Look, we all know about the whole deflate game. Of we course. know that Tom Brady knew that guy and right. they were exchanging text messages. We all know that. Tom See, Brady's deflating tires. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Number five, <laughs> Washington, D.C. Oh. Which, does what? that surprise any of us? All that angst, all that rage. Have you guys ever driven through the Beltway? Oh, oh my God. It's horrible. You don't really drive through the Beltway. You sit there. Yeah. yeah you and really then you do. curse yeah, at true. all the people around you. <laughs> at 3 a.m. It's horrible. It's the worst. The worst drivers in America Baltimore, Maryland, Glendale, California, Worcester, Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts, and Washington, D.C. Surprise surprised okay. Philadelphia is not in that mix. Yeah, or Chicago. But thank goodness Pittsburgh is not. I'm just Excluding happy I don't live in experience. any. Listen. Just saying. She shouldn't have been looking at her phone. Yeah, just get out of my way. The light's green. I'm moving forward, whether you're going to sit there or not. I cannot believe she just bought that car. Okay. Hey, we're going to talk about the Deutschtown Music Festival and the uh, Gospel Music Festival. Tim Daigle's next. Stick around. 101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. You've been planning this day all your life. Enjoy your wedding and leave the catering to Bistro to Go on the north side. Discover Bistro's classiest, simply delicious menu selections from butler past hors d'oeuvres to starters, main courses, and desserts. Buffet or plated service, each package contains full china, linen, staffing, complimentary cake plating, and more. Reasonably priced from intimate morning breakfast to grand evening affairs. Find menus, pricing, even venue recommendations at bistroandcompany.com. She has a way of communicating to you what's going on and correcting you with you actually wanting to do it. With Dr. Megan Stock, exceptional dental care can be habit-forming. Personally, I was doing some habits that I could have gotten better at, and I never really felt motivated to change before. And then after meeting with Dr. Megan, she said it in such a nice way that it's like, oh, well, maybe I should start doing these things. It changed some of my habits because of her. So it's pretty cool. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. It's Trinity Jewelers half-off, half-the-store sale. 
Trinity invites you to bring your better half this Tuesday through Saturday and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com. It takes courage to stand up for what you believe. Courage I didn't have. When the discussion of homosexuality or same-sex marriage came up, I'd just avoid it, mostly out of fear. That and not knowing what to say. My neighbor has a son who announced he was gay, and I've said nothing at all to her when she's mentioned her uncertainty. I've consoled myself that it's a fear others have, too. A, a fear will come across as bigots. But then a friend of mine shared three booklets from Focus on the Family. Reading the first one called How Should We Respond was like finally exhaling that breath of fear I'd been holding so long. It gave me encouragement to speak up in bold love with information in scripture. I've gone through all three so many times they're dog-eared. I can't urge you enough to get these booklets free at focusissues.org. I'm looking forward to reaching out to my neighbor soon. Get your set of booklets free at focusissues.org. Check this out. There's a gospel, a gospel music festival headed to Pittsburgh. Tim Daigle's with us. Tim is uh, the uh, he's a pastor, young adult ministries at Allegheny Center Alliance Church. Here to talk to us about the Deutschtown Music Festival and a gospel festival as well. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Pleasure to see you. Okay, but before we talk about the good music, Tim, we need to hear about your own personal journey because you know I, I, we've never met before. But John said that when he knew you initially, you were in the business world and kind of living it up in Pittsburgh, and that was your career path. And now all of a sudden, you're a pastor. Yeah, it was thirty three years in business. Okay, and yeah, and I really like the business world. I've uh, been married. Uh, since 1985, started attending ACAC in 1985. That's right Allegheny Center married. Alliance Church. Yep, thank you. And after 30-plus years in business, I just really felt the Lord calling my wife into ministry. I knew how gifted she was. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I said, look, you supported me in business for over 30 years. Now it's your turn to shine. And I said, I'll do whatever it takes to get you there, and I'll, I'll join you. We can partner together. Nice. So we did a three-year ministry training program through our church, and she got tapped within the first six months because that's how good she is. <laughs> and it took me till the end of the three years, and they said, hey, could you come on staff too? So she, she's been on staff at the church for about four years. She's been teaching women's Bible study off and on for about 20 years. I see. But she's on staff now. She's the uh, she's full time, and she's in the adult life ministry space. She's got she's got women, but more than just the women's ministry. And when I first started about two years ago, I started in student ministries and worship. No wait, but how did you decide? Was this a cold turkey thing? Like I'm leaving the business world and I'm jumping into this crazy church environment? Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of was. Did um, that require seminary? Well, that was a three year training program, so you can get licensed with our denomination the Christian Missionary Alliance. You're not ordained, though. So Elizabeth is ahead of me in the ordination process. She's ordained. She's getting close. We don't call it ordination for women. It's consecration, but it's basically ordination. I see. 
So there you are at uh, Allegheny Center Alliance uh, Young Adult Ministries. Tell us about that. I mean, did you have a choice of where you wanted to go to be a minister? Well, at first it was student ministries. I see. And then uh, they really wanted to reach the young adults because the church didn't have a formal program for um, for the students after they graduated high school. They just kind of dropped off and were expected to be an adult in church. And we knew we needed to do something. We had the Alethea group that met over in Oakland, mm-hmm. and, and Marv Nelson led that. But then Marv took a pastoral position in in Indiana, PA. So the church wanted to do something, and they were interviewing. And then they said, Tim, would you at all be interested in that? And I'm like, I would be very interested in that because cool. I've got four young adults at home, just like um, a lot of folks. And uh, it, it, it was – they're just very near and dear to my heart because they, they think outside the box. They're mm-hmm. pushing the envelope right now in society and, and everywhere. And it's just got an energy to it that is a lot of fun. So. Nice. I was I was thrilled when they said yeah they would consider it and I went through the interview process with the young adults and they accepted are. me yeah so what's that like the, the skill set after thirty three years in the business world and then transferring over to young adult ministry I'm sure there's applicable skill sets that you know cross through right there there is it's a lot of leadership and and really in a lot of training so in the business world. Uh, being a consultant, I, I was used to getting clients to step up and own their projects, own these big transformation projects that we were doing. And so with young adults, it's really getting them to step up and help them lead and help them to minister and figure out what their gifting set is and then how can they then exercise that. I see. So Allegheny Center Alliance, it's unique in Pittsburgh Right, it uh, looks at people from a wide variety of socioeconomic, racial disparities. Talk about that. I mean, the challenges of a poor black neighborhood in a mix of white um, professionals together. How does all that uh, swirl around? Well, that, that started swirling around when we joined the church in 1985. Um, it was a commuter church. We lived in the suburbs. Um, then we moved to Chicago for a couple of years on a big project that I was working on. And when we came back in 91, two years later, the Billy Graham crusade, I'd done some inner city work in Chicago. And then we were at the Billy Graham crusade in Pittsburgh in 1993, and I just felt the Lord saying, move to the north side, move to the north side. And our church was there, and it was to be part of the church and to be more committed to the church. And it seemed kind of crazy. The north side was pretty rough at the time, and we had two two infant kids and— uh, but when you feel the Lord say do something, it's you better take them serious and obey. So we did. We looked around. We got a great house, um, and we became part of the neighborhood. And the neighborhood's changed a lot more recently. Uh, the north side's pretty hot from a real estate standpoint and turning around quite a bit. Um, but still very mixed, and I think with the millennial generation, um, diversity and inclusion is is our big, big things for them. And and so in, in our ministry, we open that up. But even I think that's a good reflection of our neighborhood as nice. well. So as part of the uh, the changing culture of the north side, uh, something called the Deutschtown Music Festival has taken place. It's been a number of years, yeah? Yeah, seven years. It started uh, – it's only seven years old, and they're up to over 350 bands. That over, is terrific. Over, yeah, it over really 30 is. venues. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big festival. It's rocking. And yeah. the kind of music is a big mix. Big mix of absolutely everything. Starting when? Um, it it starts this 
Friday night, July 12th, and it continues Saturday. And then just new this year for the first time, they're opening up the music festival to Sunday morning. Okay, so July 12th through 14th. That's correct. All right, so talk about what's Sunday morning going to look like. So Sunday morning, the the music festival organizers approached us about four or five months ago and said, would uh, would we lead a gospel brunch Sunday morning? They approached Allegheny Center Alliance. Yes, and they approached a couple of us. And they had been down to Austin and seen a gospel brunch down in Austin, Texas, where they had a big-name gospel singer cool. and then great barbecue food. And he said, could you do gospel music and great food? And he said, absolutely, we can. <laughs> and I said, can we combine that with one of our services? So we're moving our last service of the day, our 1130 service out there. So we will, uh, but we're going to end the gospel brunch. That officially goes from nine to noon. So we're going to have music and some dancing and art all morning from nine to noon. Very family friendly, uh, kids activities, face painting, games, crafts, and obstacle course. Maybe some VeggieTale folks there. So we're going to VeggieTale folks. Well, like Are we Bob talking vegetables? Larry, like, okay, yeah, good. All right, vegetable. we're talking vegetables. <laughs> yeah, but the center <laughs> point, though, that. is excellent gospel music. It is gospel music. We have Joy Ike, uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Amp. I mean, these are national. Well, mm-hmm. they're getting to be national, but they're all professional musicians mm-hmm. is what they do for a living. Right. So we got an amazing lineup the Lord really provided there for us. And so from 9 to noon, it's going to be just great gospel music. And it'll be outside behind the church or Out, yep, outdoors uh, right across from the church between uh, off Cedar Avenue between East Ohio Street and North Avenue right nice. by Allegheny General Hospital. And it's one of those things, right, where ACA is just out there for the neighborhood. So whether you're a believer or not, you're just somebody's living there or walking by or making this a destination when you hear it on the air and you think, oh, I'm going to check this out. And all of a sudden there's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That That's our goal. Take the gospel of the streets mm-hmm. on Sunday through the through the music festival. Nice. All right. So the Deutschtown Music Festival coming up this Friday, July twelfth, and going through Sunday morning when there'll be a gospel brunch at Allegheny Center Alliance Church. Yes, and we have two venues on Saturday. We have two stages indoors. So you were talking about air conditioning earlier mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah, <laughs> if it's hot on Saturday, indoors from noon to ten PM we have two different stages. And we have gospel music going from noon to 10 p.m. Noon to 10 on Saturday. Indoors, okay. yes. And then the gospel brunch out in the park, out in the community on Sunday morning from 9 to noon. Wow, that sounds terrific. No ticket. You just show up. Just show up. Everything's free. That's cool. Food, pay for the food, but all the music is free. Excellent. Hey, Tim, thanks a lot. I mean, uh, from our perspective, seeing you as a business guy and then heeding the call of the Lord – that's powerful. A lot of people would say, I can't, I won't, I'll find other excuses to do this. But you stepped up and uh, obviously changed your life, your wife's life as well, as uh, she's also ministering, and of course to your family immediately and the family on the north side. It, it's been fun. Got a long way to go, but so far so good. Good. Fabulous. I like it. Tim Daigle. He's joining us from Allegheny Center Alliance Church. Check it out. Uh, the Gospel Music Festival, the Deutschtown Music Festival starts this Friday. Take a break. Stick around. Your song Come on then Stay here You and I Your fear 
Are you a stock or options trader looking for real trading strategies that you can use immediately? Hi, my name is Scott Bauer, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, and I'm on a mission to become the number one options coach in America. I'm a former vice president at Goldman Sachs. I have over 25 years of options trading experience, and right now, I'm giving away my most famous options guide with over 20 unique options strategies that I use every day for free. You can't buy this guide anywhere. To claim your free options trading guide, simply call 855-892-2307 now and mention my name, Scott Bauer, and we will rush you the guide. Call 855-892-2307 and someone from my options team will help you get this guide in your inbox as quickly as possible. Call 855-892-2307 now and start learning to trade the right way. Call 855-892-2307. Prosper with options. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full-service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. It's Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale. Trinity invites you to bring your better half this Tuesday through Saturday and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They've just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers half off half the store sale at Trinity Jewelers Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating life's closest relationships for over 20 years at TrinityJewelers.com. Hey, that was a lot of fun talking about the Deutschtown Music Festival, which gets underway this Friday. Hey, I also wanted to mention we talked about um, our friend Joy Ike being a part of the music there. Also, our good friends Greg and Rebecca Sparks, they're going to be um, performing at Allegheny Center Alliance Church at the uh, that Gospel Brunch on Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. So if you're a Sparks fan and you love Greg and Rebecca like we do, you want to uh, you want to check it out Sunday, 9.30 a.m. And, of course, you can go online to the Deutschtown Music Festival website and uh, find all the details about that. All right, so a strange story about another friend of ours, Tish Harrison Warren. Oh, my um, who we've, we've known for a long time and um, is a writer, and she serves right here with her family here in the um, North Oakland part of Ascension. Pittsburgh at Ascension Church. Um, 
Tish is the author of Liturgy of the Ordinary, which Christianity Today named as their book of the year. I think it was in 2008, uh, 17? 18. I think 18. I don't remember what year yeah. it was ago. Um, but anyway, uh, news comes today, an article by Kate Shelnut in CT, saying that though it took Tish uh, nearly three years to publish her book, 18 months of re- rearranging childcare, carving out time to write before she had a manuscript, 11 chapters, which chronicle details from her day-to-day life, which are paired with the rhythms of church ritual. And this won't be a surprise to you if you're familiar with the text of Liturgy of the Ordinary, but it's an absolutely terrific book. But... Over the past year, thousands of readers who ordered this book from Amazon.com ended up with copies that didn't look quite right. right. Like the cover photography, the graphic wasn't quite as sharp, the pages are a little bit off-center. It turns out that these books were not from University Press, but they were counterfeits. Just as the New York Times put out in a report in late June that a surge of counterfeit books are available on Amazon, um, just this past weekend, uh, IVP, that's InterVarsity Press, discovered that this book, one of their flagship books over the last couple years, has been part of a highly organized and sophisticated counterfeiting scheme. Now listen to this. The counterfeit books have sold on Amazon. This is just Tish's book. Counterfeit books, the retail value of what Amazon has sold, $240,000. That Tish is not going to get. Now, obviously, that's not an amount of money that she would be getting anyway as author because there are all sorts of costs that go into that. But uh, Tish is quoted in this article by CT. She says, I've been constantly thinking about the verse, don't store up treasures where moth and rust can destroy and where thieves can steal, but store up treasures where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot steal. And it's really hard to process. Now, she said that to CT just a day after she learned about the scope of the fraud when InterVarsity uh, press officials called her at her home right here in Pittsburgh. She said, but the bottom line is it's a huge loss of money for my family. Percentage-wise of what I make as a writer, it's an enormous amount of that. We talked to uh, Tish via email just a short while ago. She said, I got to tell you, I'm pregnant and emotional. I'm feeling kind of weary about this. So there may be lots of sighing. Um, Sighing is fine. Yeah. She said, I think I'll eat chocolate while we're talking. Look, it's a lament because this is this is a wretched thing that someone's done to her. So I uh, want to say this. Th- this work that Tish has produced, Liturgy of the Ordinary, is a fabulous book, a really wonderful book. So if you are a believer and you love good literature and you want to walk deeper in faith, then do yourself a favor and order a copy of her book. And uh, we should post something like this on our Facebook page so people have an opportunity about this. Because somebody made a chunk on Tish's hard work and her goodliness yep. and godliness towards the Lord, and it just is not right. Listen, if you did buy a copy of Liturgy of the Ordinary from Amazon, and you're looking at your copy now and you see, oh, wait a minute. It's wonky. It's kind of wonky. The pages are a little crooked. The cover doesn't look quite right. If you have the funds, buy another one. Yeah, please do. Buy another one so that the right people get the right money for it. Isn't it a weird thing? I mean, I got I got uh, something the other day saying, hey, um, uh, this is from my credit card company. Your information was on the dark web. And we just wanted to tell you that. I'm like, what are you guys even talking about? Everything now is so, you have to be so careful about stuff. And uh, how careful can you be? You know, you go onto a website, you buy something, or you, you know, you go onto a website and they say, well, we've got cookies now, so do you accept? Or you go onto a website and they say, our terms of operation here, please check this. I mean, everything is up for grabs. 
There's so much nefarious mm-hmm. activity going on in this cyber world that we live in. It's hard to protect yourself. And good and wonderful people who produce excellent works of literature or art are being ripped off by the droves. And so right here in our own backyard, our, our Tish Harrison Warren, she's the latest victim, which yeah. is uh, certainly a shame. Now, we can't fix all the problems with Amazon. We can't fix the problems with commodification in our culture. But one thing we can do, like I said, if you've got the cash and if you've purchased a book that is fraudulent, buy the real thing so that the money goes to the right people. It's a a small step, but I think it's a step we can do. It surely is. Yeah. Uh, Hey, we're going to step away here. You hear our exit music. We come back. We're going to talk about evangelicals can help at the border. They just can't do it alone. Stick around for that. That's the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump praised his environmental policies at the White House today, saying he's struck a balance between the economy and the environment, something he says Democrats don't think of. Well, we're focused on practical solutions. More than 100 Democrats in Congress now support the so called Green New Deal. Their plan is estimated to cost our economy nearly $100 trillion, a number unthinkable. Meanwhile, one Democratic presidential candidate, California Congressman Eric Swalwell, is dropping out of the 2020 presidential race. He had signaled that he would consider bowing out of the presidential race if he was in danger of missing the cutoff for the next nationally televised Democratic debate, which is based on separate polling and donor qualifications. On Wall Street, they're down by 115 points. The Nasdaq dropped 63. The S&P declined 14. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. My daughter's a student at Grove City College, and she spent the last nine months in the classroom being trained in all sorts of disciplines. She's gotten good theological training. She's got um, a lot of work in social science, and she's going to be a high school history teacher. And so she's also taken a lot of classes in how to manage kids and how to think about education and all those sorts of things. But the classroom's the classroom, right? I mean, it's a, it's a controlled environment. And it's theory only. Well, now that it's hit summer, now she's working with actual kids in the city of Pittsburgh. And these kids have a lot of challenges that my daughter didn't have. And so all of the um, all the desire she has to work with the kids would in large part maybe go to waste if she didn't have some actual training in how to manage a classroom or how to deal with kids or what actual emotional development looks like in a kid. And that's why I think that the training you get at Grove City College is so essential for when you actually get out in the world and try to do something effective for somebody else. That's right. You know, you've heard this. If it's a Christian education, well, it's got to be second rate. Well, I'll tell you what, with Grove City College, nothing can be further from the truth. Rigorous academics and deep-end theology. Look, both of our kids, Kath and I, they attend Grove City College, love Grove City College. We would encourage you, if you've got a high school junior or senior, check out Grove City College online for that next step forward, gcc.edu. That is Grove City College. 
This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. For kids, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just their size, treats to tickle their taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch their hearts. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Save up to $17 on select days when you buy online at idlewild.com. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure, Returning to Lancaster. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by nearly one million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at sight-sound.com. Clearing skies tonight and more comfortable. We'll drop to 64. Then tomorrow looks to be partly sunny and warmer with a high 87. There could be a shower or a thunderstorm in a few places, maybe during the afternoon. Mostly clear with a low 68 tomorrow night. Then it'll be warm and more humid Wednesday with a mix of clouds and sun, high again 87. There can be an afternoon or evening thunderstorm as well. With your Anki Weather Forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Streit. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmon. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming around for the uh, Monday edition after a long holiday. It was very nice, wasn't it? It sure was, and now it's National Blueberry Day. National Blueberry. And, and I did not even know it was National Blueberry, but I start my mornings like... Well, I don't know. When do blueberries come on the market? We kind of, there's well, an abundance. at the end of May, but June and July, August, that's when they're really in... Is it, what I love it is so much. more delicious than that? Yeah, a blueberry is very. Oh my gosh! I'm so. I feel like such. You know, sometimes I like sometimes I like this morning I had blueberries and strawberries in one bowl. I mean, that's, that's just perfect. That's like what's the shredded like, wheat thing you're eating? What do you know? A shred? <laughs> what is it? it Might you eat shredded wheat? I like a shredded wheat. No. What? I don't. Isn't that like a frosted mini wheat with no, no. frosted? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Okay, that's awful. No, it's not. It's good actually. Oh. It's not bad with blueberries, but does I that, can't. Does that fall apart in milk? Yeah. Uh, it all depends how long you know. Yeah, I, I have this weird thing. Like uh, I knew it was going to be good. <laughs> That's why I brought it up, Mike. I no. knew we were going to a good place with it because I, this weird thing. I hate more than anything soggy cereal. I just despise it. Oh, I didn't know. So I've got a very particular thing that I do that is requiring expediency. So, you know, the bowl comes out, then a handful of the shredded wheat, then some blueberries, maybe a banana, maybe a strawberry, depending on what's going on. And then when I'm all set, at the very last minute, you put that milk in, have that spoon ready, because I'm ready to go. Because I do not want... What if someone in your family has uh, a a uh, need? 
Uh, if that's the case, then things you start slowing that thing down, especially with shredded wheat, because if you, it yeah. sits in that bowl for a long time, that becomes a bowl of mush. It's soggy fast. Oh, that's the worst. And I just right. texture wise, I do not want some smoggy thing in my mouth. All right, you know what I do with blueberries? Tell me. Every single day. Every day. You every have blueberries? day. Every day I have blueberries. Every day. I eat in the summer. I eat a pint of blueberries a day. Whoa! Okay, so wow. come, I know it's a lot. It's it's a financial outlay, but bl- fresh blueberries are there for such a short period mm-hmm. of time that you have to soak them up. Right. This is what I do: fresh blueberries, Dannon vanilla yogurt, grape nuts. Grape nuts. Wait a second. Wait one second. You dare and attack my shredded wheat? <laughs> grape nuts is like eating roadside gravel. It is the absolute worst it cereal. Kinda. It's the worst. It is kind of. No, it is. It is. But here's the thing. The, the oh. vanilla yogurt is very sweet. The grape nuts don't have any sugar in them. Right. You combine the two. It's a good thing. And here's – I do the opposite. I actually like to put the grape nuts in a little early and then let it settle. You know what I mean? Settle? And then it softens up a little bit. They become a little sweeter, a little more delicious. I'm telling you. Grape nuts never settle. Ten like, out of ten. Grape, grape nuts are gravel <laughs> always. It wouldn't matter if they were in the cereal for like 15 hours. One time – here's a quick story. Um uh, my son was like maybe a year and a half, two years old, and he loved blueberries. So we gave him, you know, this chunk of blueberries, and then one of our neighbors showed up. Hey, hey! And they said hello. And my my kid was so excited to see the neighbor that he upchucked all the blueberries no, no, on the didn't. on the carpet. No, and the entire time we lived in that house. Who wants from, to hear the story? No, listen. <laughs> we lived in that house for like I don't know three or four more years. We could not get that blueberry stain out of the carpet. We could not. So yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Happy National Blueberry Day, people. <laughs> yep, there's your grape nuts. There's your grape nuts and your shredded wheat story. On and a healthier note, they're high in antioxidants. Yes, they are. What they is are. that? What, wait, what exa- Mike, please describe for me what do you think an it antioxidant helps, is. They what is that? To, I have you, no idea. They help you to fight unnatural cell growth. It helps you curb oxidative stress on the body yes get that's out all, of here that's all yes. i know about it yeah. i feel oxi- that's all you know about I feel it you just read it i feel oxidatively lessened when i have my <laughs> pint of blueberries a day happy blueberries anyway what we were going to talk about we can't talk about now no you care, no possible no, no. segue how about do you like blueberry pancakes oh yeah oh yeah definitely mm-hmm. how about a blueberry mm-hmm. waffle oh that's fine what about a blueberry crepe a crepe when you having a crepe who's having a crepe i'm just saying it's delicious what about a blueberry muffin. Oh, I like a blueberry muffin. <laughs> or about, a blueberry bagel. Nah. Fine. That's fine. I'm fine with that. A blueberry muffin is like way ahead. It is of a way ahead. Bagel. I mean, there's no comparison. How about a warm blueberry muffin? Like the all oh, around that. How about that? a blueberry mm. muffin with the crumbles on top? And butter. Mm. What are we doing here? I'm so what hungry. What about blueberry pie? Did you mention blueberry pie? I did not. The problem with blueberry it's pie too much. It's is, too the, much. is the staining. Yeah. The staining. Yeah, the stain. There's a lot of staining. And if you have, you know, I was, I didn't have braces until I was 40 years old. You can't even look at a blueberry pie. Oh, I'm or sure. Those bra- you're just not coming back from that. Might I suggest Topol? <laughs> <laughs> Might I suggest the smoker's toothpaste for your blueberry stains? Uh, co- <laughs> coming up next, evangelicals, can we help at the border? Well, I think the answer is yes, but we can't do it alone. Becca McNeil next. Hey, 
employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? What about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country, a plan that pays you back every year? Now, whether you're one of the top of the line plans or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial, they have a custom made plan just for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever changing marketplace. And Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and for businesses for years. And only Marley Financial can offer health plans that actually pay you back. So go to MarleyFG.com for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania, plans that will save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. So give them a call now, Marley Financial, 724-884-1496, or find them online at MarleyFG.com. 101.5 101.5 WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Just one more. Just one more. Jesus has a heart for the one. His love compels him to keep searching until his sons and daughters are back in his arms. Our prayer at Cornerstone Television is for the one who is lost. God has raised us up with power to reach the unreachable. Join WPCB TV, Cornerstone Television, July 9th through 11th, starting at 8 p.m. for our special program, Just One More. We want to pray for your loved ones who are not yet saved, empower you to share your faith with others, and team up with you to make an even bigger impact. Mark your calendar for July 9th through 11th, 8 p.m., and join Cornerstone Television for our Just One More broadcast. Learn more at ctvn.org. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own MyPillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of my pillows premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow. The lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code Word. What's happened to my son. We raised him in a church and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself and this morning I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call today, 724-265-4100 or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. When you read the stories and you see the photographs and the video 
of the mess that is happening at the border. Of course, your heart breaks. I mean, you'd have to have a heart of stone not to see people crying out, uh, children in poor conditions and families separated and think, what can I do in Jesus' name? How can I be a, a healer? How can I do something to alleviate the suffering? Well, Becca McNeil's with us. Becca is Christianity Today's Immigrant Communities Editor. She's covered immigration and public education as a reporter for local, state, and national outlets. She's written a series of pieces at CT, and to here today to talk to us about that. Evangelicals can help at the border. They just can't do it alone. Becca, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Becca, I think it's important to realize that the immigration issue involves so many other smaller sub-issues, that it's really hard to get a handle on it. But at the same time, if we find ourselves overwhelmed by the number of issues and then that causes us not to do anything, then we're no further along and we haven't helped anybody. So how did you, in writing these articles, find a way kind of through all of the, I don't know, all the different stories, all the different perspectives and all the bureaucratic mess to come up with an actual path to do something? Sure, sure. That's a great question. Um, and you're so right. I think a lot of times the the political and um, practical paralysis sets in and people just are overwhelmed. But it really starts at a pretty fundamental level, which is um, removing all of the framework of national boundaries and all of that and just looking at these other people and looking and saying, well, very obviously, what do they need? Um, you, you see the pictures of these of the kids and their families, and you hear the stories. And um, we can talk about, if y'all want to, that there's a crisis of, of getting good information, first of all. That's hard enough. Once you have the information, it's been saying, like, okay, these are people, and they have basic human needs. And then you start just asking, how do I get that to them? And that's what I did. It was just a step-by-step, okay, they need diapers and hygiene products. How do we get that to them? Well, we know that they're not taking direct contributions. So I started looking around for who does have the ability to get those items to them. How long are they, if the government can't take any donations, how long are they there and how quickly can we get something to a respite center or once they're released how quickly can we get those to the shelters and that's that's kind of where the action comes in Uh, can we start at the beginning though and talk about the the crisis of information Uh, and i say it's Mm -hmm. a crisis because it is so hard to figure out exactly what's going on please talk about how you came how you kind of fought your way through that process yes so uh, one of the really hard things about this is that um, for so I've been reporting on immigration for a while, and I can tell you from the numbers of people who engage with those articles online, um, it wasn't a popular topic. People weren't super interested um, in understanding our immigration system and understanding the difference between a refugee and an asylum seeker, um, the different means of becoming documented in the United States, that kind of thing. Right. Wait, Becca, when you say you've been reporting about this for a while, how long is a while? Um, I covered my first immigration story 
four years ago. Okay, so this and is I well before. San Antonio. So, so yes. then you're, this is well before the caravans took place, which I think for a lot of people was the first time people really started started to say, "Oh, there's a problem." And, near it's, the and border. it's before the Trump administration, also. Yes, this was this was back when immigration was really kind of a wonky legal. Yeah. Uh, it was a niche thing, mm-hmm. um, and I would I would report on these things, and just as a young, you know ambitious reporter, I'd be like, all right, everybody's going to read my story. And I'd look and I'd be like, well, nobody's really reading my story. Right. Um, now, contrast that to now. And, you know, it was the most read story on Christianity Today last week. I see. So there you are in San Antonio, which is right in the backyard, right? Yes. And so we've been, this is not new to us. And a pastor here said, this is not a crisis. This is a long-term disaster. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way to think about it is that we're late to the game. And unfortunately, because we didn't have this deep reservoir of knowledge to contextualize what we're seeing, we did, we came to it when it was already a political football. Mm-hmm. And now a lot of who we're willing to listen to has to do with um, who we want to see in power. And it's become an issue that's less about um, immigration, beings. which is no, a totally normal thing and has been happening since the pilgrims in the Integrated. It's been happening in America since before there was in the United States, and we've it has become um, a flashpoint, and that's just a bad way to get to know a topic. Right. So, Becca, because you're in the backyard in San Antonio, have you had an opportunity to be close to this? Have you looked in in people's eyes and seen who they are? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, have gone some significant time at the bus station here. We have two uh, detention centers, just, well, now three, but two long-time detention centers just outside of town, and they are brought, when they're released, the asylum seekers are brought to the bus station in downtown San Antonio, so there's a ministry here um, that I have both covered and um, tagged along with, and um, I've been down to the border many times to, to see how things are going. So before it reached this political flashpoint that it is now, I'm sure that there have been Christians who, whether through their local church or have shown up individually, have tried to do something, right? I mean, not all of a sudden are Christians reaching towards the border, whether you know people needed help or not. There's There's been local churches who've been part of this. Absolutely. And I think the closer you get to the border, the closer the the more you see this being very normal for churches. Um, it, it's a little bit harder for evangelicals because this has not, like the Catholic Church, this has been a major issue for them for a very long time. Um, it's it's a little bit newer to evangelical churches, and they are a little bit more um, hesitant because of the politics. But there have long, for a long time, been individual Christians, groups, interfaith groups, um, who have been compelled, especially to handle the humanitarian aspects of it. There to put water out, to um, meet people at the bus station, that kind of thing. It's the, I, you, I have to, you know, give a hat tip to the Catholic Church that has done a lot of the frontline humanitarian stuff Absolutely. in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becca, let's talk about some of the questions that ordinary Americans have. So this is a subject that my husband and I and our two kids talk about with great regularity, usually on a daily basis. 
um, because it's so frustrating. You know, we're in Pittsburgh. We're obviously not near the border, but we have um, we have great concern for what's going on for, for both sides, both political sides, um, but mostly for the people involved. And I say both political sides simply because I recognize that we don't have open borders and we can't support open borders um, in any type of common sense way. Um, but at the same time, we can't ever look at this issue from a way that doesn't include actual people who are fleeing from actual um, misery and looking looking for something better. So it's so hard to figure out where we are. One of the number one questions that we came up with uh, repeatedly is, so why are why are kids alone at the border? Mm-hmm. Why are they separated? I mean, why is this happening? Um, so sure. why, why don't you speak to that? Why don't you talk about kids who arrive with their parents? But what about kids who are also just coming in with a guy who calls you know, himself Uncle Joe? Sure. And yeah, the kids can end up in the United States alone in a host of different ways. Um, older kids come alone. Teenagers, the, the unaccompanied minors have been coming for a while. That's, um, we, you see that pretty often. And in that case, they get to the United States. The United States doesn't process them as adults. And so they can't be like released into the general population unaccompanied. So they end up in shelters. Now the kids who are coming across with their parents, you also have to recognize that these people, many of them, I'd say the vast majority are not coming with birth certificates and proof of, you know, how everybody's related and that they don't have tons of a great filing cabinet on their back. Um, And so there are, it's difficult to prove how you're related sometimes, but there are children who come with their parents and there are children who come with another adult. And it's up to border patrol to decide if that is a family unit fleeing together or if the child is being trafficked or if they're trying to use that child, you know, if it's two strangers who met up along the way and decided to try to, to come in as a family unit they have to decide all of that i see wait so becca go back and then and talk for a second then about the trafficking because that was sort of an exclamation yeah, that point was a surprise to us until we did some reading a couple of days ago i i honestly even obviously i know what trafficking is i didn't know how much of an issue that was at the border and you know it's not as this is one of those things where yes it's an issue the, it, trafficking is actually a much bigger issue domestically um, that is going to be a bigger problem once people are over. Okay. Um, it is. It does happen. I mean, absolutely. But trafficking is very rarely a an issue of like they kidnapped a kid and are bringing them across. It's you're most of the people who are trafficked are um, after the fact. It's it is vulnerable populations who are here and are are traffics domestically and typically for either um, domestic service or sex. And so that's the, um, and it's really hard to know the actual numbers because again, it is testimony based. I see. Okay. So then Becca, when all the politicians show up as they did in the last couple of weeks, and now we hear reports of, you know, of course, children in cages, children sleeping on concrete floors, children living in filthy conditions without soap or toothbrushes. 
what does that look like? I mean, have you seen things like that? Is there is that the truth of the situation? Is there a story behind the story? Help us understand that. Mm-hmm. So here's, okay, I, they don't allow reporters in. That's one of the great mysteries of this whole thing, um, is that the only people who can come in are by nature partisan because they're elected leaders. Um, and they have let some pastors in. Um, they are typically pastors who have political affiliations. Um, so that's something. Yes. But the what I have seen and what I have heard from very trusted uh, former chaplains, lawyers, and, and kind of amalgamating some of the elected leader testimony is that it's not that these facilities are, they're not, it's not, not the pound, you know, like you envision like an animal shelter. It's not that. What they are, are built for efficiency and overcrowded. So like people have to sleep on the, on the floor if there's no more beds left. And, um, the cages are, there's one instance at one facility where they had to basically turn it a hangar, well, it's kind of like an aircraft hangar, like a vehicle, a garage into a processing center where people could wait their turn to be processed. And in order to create safety between, because they have to separate the kids from the, or the, you know, solo males. Now the only thing they had to use was horse, what you'd use in a horse corral. So these people are, you know, in what appears to be a very inhumane and probably kind of demoralizing situation of being herded through cattle things because there's no, it's so underfunded and it's so, they haven't been staffed appropriately and they haven't been funded appropriately. When the, when the caravan was headed up, no one said, okay, we're going to need to be ready with some doctors with, we need to increase facilities. We need to, you know, instead a lot of it went to um, border enforcement. I see. (laughs) Right. Okay. So Becca, so what what we've got is we've got people who are working at the border who are overworked. We've got conditions and facilities that are overcrowded and we've got Congress, the only people that can do something about it who are just arguing amongst themselves. Now I know that they did put money toward the border in recent weeks, but the problem is, does that money that they allocated actually go to humanitarian aid? That's And that is the difference between the House version and the Senate version. And so when people say, you'll hear a lot of like the, the Democrats were holding it up, they were trying to get a provision in there saying that the money had to be used for humanitarian purposes. They didn't get that. They eventually signed off on it. The money went down there, and it's up to um, CBP, Border Patrol, um, to, to allocate that money. I see. So when we see this, I mean – Democrat, Republican, all that whole thing. I don't believe that people are looking to crush the human spirit. No, nobody wants to see. And and is it even appropriate to talk about kids in cages? I mean, you explained kind of how the processing center works. Is that just something, is that phrase, kids in cages, something that's been magnified for political purposes? Or is that a reality? Well, they are held in in small chain link compartments. I don't know how else you 
would so would you could say that. you could say kids in cages, right? Yeah, that's technically correct. Um, in some of the the one I've been wrestling with is the concentration camp versus summer camp. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, a concentr—that's a huge stretch to me. Yeah, I, that's, a concentration yeah. camp. Yes, but so, so it's summer camp. Both of those, I've heard both of those, and just kind of was like, oh, that's not. Um, it is. It's no one is being exterminated or experimented upon. Um, it is what this is is facilities that were never meant to function the way that they are functioning the way that they are most and especially these initial processing these are like police stations imagine like your local little precinct police station housing several hundred people for several days right that's kind of what you're what you're dealing with so then people coming in from guatemala or honduras or even africa or the middle east finding their way forward looking for a new life I mean, like anyone who arrived on the shores of America, whether it was through Ellis Island or in San Francisco or at the southern border, everyone just wants a slice of that American dream because that dream does exist, right? People want that. The fact of the matter is, though, it's just too many people and too overwhelming and the government not able to to process effectively and the tens of thousands who are here and the more behind them how do you make sense of all this and do the right thing? Sure. And one thing I want to I want to clarify is that the the bottleneck, the overcrowding and stuff is upon entry. These people then disseminate throughout the United States. And um, cities like Portland, Maine, are mobilizing. Cities like San Antonio are mobilizing to um, further disseminate the asylum seekers into. Um, into their city. And it. I will tell you, I live in San Antonio. San Antonio has a million and a half people. Um, I, I don't feel, it's not like I'm going to Target and feeling like, oh my gosh, there's migrants everywhere. Right, right. Like the dissemination, actually, you realize, oh, we do, this can be dealt with, in much more manageable chunks. The humanitarian aid can be given in, in smaller chunks. The, um, the assimilate or the absorbing of these people can be done in a almost, you know, human to human homestay. You know, people are in Portland, Maine, they're starting to open up homestays until people can get on their feet and get their asylum, um, hearings and stuff like that. It's, it's actually much more manageable if we can just get through the glut and the administrative fiasco at the border. I see. Becca McNeil is with us. She is Christianity Today's Immigrant Communities Editor. If you go online and look at CT, Christianity Today, Becca has written any number of articles that uh, go into detail about specifically what she's talking about right now. So, Becca, not that I'm looking for some, you know, shard of uh, great eternal wisdom from you, but you've studied this. You're part of this. This is a chunk of your life. Is there a solution to this? Oh, um, it has to start with the desire for a solution. Mm. It has, I do believe there's absolutely things that can be done. Um, 
we can put a man on the moon, we can get some more administrators down to the border, <laughs> you know. Yes. Um, we have to want to, and our cities have to want to um, get involved, and, you know, the church has to want to step into the situation and offer help. We have plenty. The reason that people want to be here is because we do have plenty, uh, but we have to decide that this is how and where we want to spend it. Yes. But as you see these people, and as a believer in Jesus Christ, you don't see the headlines. You don't see the politics. What you see is God's creation. Absolutely. Absolutely. These are these are God's children, his people, his image bearers. Well, Becca, thanks. Uh, like Cass said earlier, here we are in Pittsburgh, far from the southern border. So your firsthand account, uh, your advocacy, uh, your testimony uh, really helped to sort of clarify things for us. We really appreciate your time here with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Our pleasure. Becca McNeil, McNeil, Christianity Today's Immigrant Communities Editor. Look online, seeing immigrants through God's eyes, why their stories are always relevant, no matter the politics of immigration. Becca McNeil. Stuck in an expensive timeshare contract and feel like there's no way out? I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO of Wesley Financial Group. I've helped thousands of people get rid of their timeshares. I didn't realize what I was getting into. The whole thing was just a scam. I finally found information on Chuck, and he agreed to meet us. It was just a wonderful experience because uh, he knows that business inside out, and he actually wanted to solve our problem. I fought the largest timeshare company in federal court, and yes, I won. Whether you owe ten dollars to $250,000 on your timeshare, we can help cancel your mortgage. When you're approved as a client, we'll get you out of your timeshare, eliminate your payments, and get them off of your back permanently. And we proudly hold an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Call Wesley Financial Group now for your free consultation at 1-800-462-3333. That's 1-800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel, What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Clearing skies tonight and more comfortable. We'll drop to 64. 
Then tomorrow looks to be partly sunny and warmer with a high 87. There could be a shower or a thunderstorm in a few places, mainly during the afternoon. Mostly clear with a low 68 tomorrow night. Then it'll be warm and more humid Wednesday with a mix of clouds and sun, high again 87. There can be an afternoon or evening thunderstorm as well. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait. Hey, you could be one of 25 winners of $1,000 in the new $1,000 daily cash giveaway. Listen to Word FM Word of the Day at 725 a.m., 1225, and right now daily. Or you can go online at wordfm.com forward slash cash, and you'll have a chance to win that. What's more, you can enter up to five times each day. The Word of the Day, Monday through Friday, to win that $1,000 daily cash giveaway. Kath, the Word of the Day is? Forbes. Forbes. As in the general, as in the avenue. Uh-huh. As in Oakland. The field. As in the field. Mm-hmm. Very good. Forbes, the Word FM Word of the Day, $1,000 daily cash giveaway. WordFM.com forward slash cash. We've got Frederica Matthews Green in the On Deck Circle. We'll talk about St. James, the brother of Jesus, next. Word FM. Next time on Orchard Hill Today. This isn't just a story that happened years ago to some man far away in a time and distant place. This is really my story. It's your story. This week, Dr. Kurt Bjorklund looks at the book of Jonah to find signs of how we may be running from God in the series Running from God. Be sure to join us weekday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Orchard Hill Today on 101.5 Word FM. following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 670 that's 800-671-7070, 800-671-7070, or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers. 
They're not in it for the money. They don't do it for the fame. It's certainly not about the fringe benefits. No, for a Christian teacher, the real reward is found in the everyday triumphs of a child as they learn not only about their world, but discover their unique place in it. This is how love inspires learning. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net. Education for mind and soul. pittsburghchristianschools.net. Frederica, Frederica Matthews Green is with us. Freda is a wide-ranging author. She's written for the Washington Post, Christianity Today, L.A. Times, First Things. We first found Frederica, uh, the book called The Jesus Prayer, which she wrote. The Jesus Prayer, the ancient desert prayer that tunes the heart to God, which we love this book. And her latest book is called Welcome to the Orthodox Church, an Introduction to Eastern Christianity. Frederica, welcome back. How are you? Good to be with you today. Thank you, Frederica. Talk to us about St. James, the brother of Jesus, Frederica. Yes, yeah. Last time we talked, we decided we would talk about the rest of the story, what happened to certain people after the pages of the New Testament come to a close. And so this one today is going out to all the people named James out there. It was the custom of the early church to believe you had a special bond with the person in heaven who has your name. And that would be St. James, not the James of James and John, Peter, James, and John, the sons of of Zebedee. That James is called James the Greater. This would be James the Less, who James the brother of the Lord wrote one of the epistles in the New Testament. So we know that the book of James is um, action-oriented, right? Yes, it is. And he's uh, one who really urges people to, to do good works, to care for the poor, to reach out. And that is what he was really known for. Um, this St. James lived quite a long time after the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ, continued to live in Jerusalem, and was pastor of the Jerusalem community for 30 years. So this emphasis on serving each other was extremely important to him. So what about the the, the fundamental, fundamental disagreement between those of the uh, Roman Catholic faith and those of the other faith saying that, you know, Jesus never had other siblings? Yes, and um, what this points to, of course, is the question of whether Joseph and Mary had a normal marital relationship and children after Jesus. Or um, what the Catholics often say is that the word brother does not necessarily mean Uh, from the same father or mother. It could mean a cousin, it could mean any kind of relative. But what we see in the earliest story among Eastern Christians, Christians of Palestine, of Jerusalem, Christians of the early first century, second century, there was a story that was very much beloved. It's very early, and it was written down by the year 150. The story itself is an oral work, probably goes back to the first century, so this is not like medieval, sentimental, you know, uh, 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 European religion. In this very early document, it says that Joseph was chosen to be the husband of Mary by lot. And he was very embarrassed by that because he was an old man. Mm. In the story, he cries out and says, I'm an old man. I'm going to be a laughingstock. I have sons. And they say, Joseph, you must obey the will of God. You were chosen. You were the one who must marry Mary. So it says he fiercely took her into his own home. And so under the, the, the view of the earliest Christians was that Joseph was a widower, 
and his wife had died and left him with several children. So these are the brothers and the sisters of the Lord. Nobody really thinks that the brothers of the Lord would be full brothers, of course, because Jesus had a different father in any case. So the question is, is he a half-brother? Is James a half-brother or step-brother? And many Protestants say half-brother. Uh, the ancient Christians would say step-brother. That would be the distinction there. Hmm. All right. So um, so talk about then um, what we know about him. You said it, we know the book is action-oriented. We know he was um, he was incredibly concerned that our faith would be distinctive, that it would look like something. Um, and that it wouldn't just be a matter of what we say with our mouth. Oh, of course, it was St. James who made that controversial statement that faith without works is dead. And this was troubling, especially to Martin Luther. Uh, for That was one of the reasons that he thought perhaps the book of James shouldn't even be in the Bible. But it is an important word to hear. It doesn't diminish our understanding of the primacy of faith. Everything has to grow out of faith or it's worthless. But as St. James says, if there's no evidence for your faith, if you're not living it, if it's totally a sentimental or emotional thing, then it's a dead faith. Mm -hmm. But faith will express itself in love of others and in caring for others. Federica, what about the saint? How do people become saints? Because from a Protestant perspective, there are not necessarily saints that we follow. Yes, yeah. Um, I think that even if we... If, yeah, it's Protestants, if we don't call them saints, we still have heroes, like mm-hmm. St. Paul, um, mm-hmm. that when we read about him in the New Testament, we think of his heroism and all that he endured, and we long inside, he could be like Superman to us. We want to be like him. We wish we had that strength and that in- interior power that he got from his deeply rooted faith in the Lord. So he's like an example to us. I see. And... Um, I, we believe we in the Orthodox Church look at the saints, the ancient saints, in the same way as if they are they're heroes and examples to us. And as you no doubt have noticed among your friends, there's some of them who really love St. Paul, and there's some who respect him, but they're not really stuck on him. There may be a diff- it may be St. Peter, it may be just a totally different person. Last time we talked about the woman at the well, St. Fotini. Different people in the Gospels grab your heart. And uh, I think that's why we have this huge panoply of heroes in the early Church, because they all appeal to different parts of ourselves and draw us toward imitating them and being mm-hmm. like them. I, I think the controversial part is that for us uh, who are following the way of the early Church, we believe that they are still alive in Christ, that they're not sleeping, that they are actively in worship, um, just as Moses and Elijah appearing on either side of Christ on the Mount of Transfiguration, and that they are alive, they are in worship, they are praying for us, and that we can partner with them in a sense, not that they are visible to us or that we hear any kind of an audible voice, but you can sort of sense their companionship sometimes. And as a friend in Christ, just as I might ask one of you to pray for me, if I had a, a terrible situation I wanted help with, I can ask St. Fotini, I can ask St. James, I can ask St. Paul, or anyone that particularly clicks for me, as somebody I wish I'd known, I can ask them to be praying for me, too. That's fascinating. 
Federica, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for this perspective. We uh, always enjoy uh, what you have to give us. Frederica Matthews Green, she's an author that is um, really just wide in her work. Uh, the work that we love the best is called the Jesus Prayer, the ancient desert prayer that turns the heart to God. When I knock on people's doors, they open up the door and they say, please don't high pressure me. I was high pressured for three, four hours last night. There's a better way to buy windows and doors, and it doesn't involve pressure. Energy Swings, Donnie Dara. I'm not here to sell you or to pressure you into anything. I'm here to help you. The first thing I do to help people is to actually listen to them, not tell them how great my company is, my product is. It's to hear what really, really makes them tick and to hear what they really, really need. That's the red carpet experience. The red carpet experience makes sure the spotlight is on you. We make sure that you are in control of the process. We are not pushing you. We are helping you because we do do this every day. But we are arming you with enough information without high pressuring you to make sure that you make the right decision for you, your family, and your home. Mention Word FM for an additional 5% off over and above any other discounts at EnergySwingWindows.com. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure, Returning to Lancaster. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by nearly one million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at sight-sound.com. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Did you know a vehicle is stolen once every 40 seconds in the United States? The cost adds up to over $6 billion a year, which leads to higher auto insurance rates for all of us. But there are steps you can take to help put the brakes on vehicle theft. When you leave your vehicle, always roll up the windows completely. Don't leave valuables in the car. Take the keys or the fob with you. Lock the doors. And if you are out at night, always park in a well-lit area. For an extra layer of protection, install an audible alarm system or tracking system and use steering wheel or brake pedal locks. If you have information on vehicle theft, contact the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Reach us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. That's 1-800-TEL-NICB. Or visit our website at www.nicb.org. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Last Friday in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Peter Smith had an article about the uh, diocese, the Catholic diocese here in the city of Pittsburgh. And the headline is, Diocese Paid Nearly $11 Million in Abuse Settlements and Legal Fees. $11 million. That's right, which are ongoing. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh has spent $10.8 million on victim compensation and legal fees. Also, it has spent roughly $5 million more toward a minimum 
but livable compensation for priests suspended for abuse. That's according to a financial accounting released last week by Bishop David Zubik earlier this year Those in a pastoral letter. Absolutely gigantic figures. $60 million. Um, that's just the Pittsburgh Diocese, that's right. and that's over the last 90 years. That's exactly. what you're saying. Uh, the Pittsburgh figure is likely to rise due to an ongoing out-of-court victims' compensation program. Other factors that kept Pittsburgh's figures low, as low. opposed to other places across the country, has been Pennsylvania's statute of limitations. Oh, what a disaster. Uh, it breaks down like this. Five, $4.7 million in legal settlements, settlements dating to 1991, which is the oldest settlement on record, 1991. Um, $2.3 million in other assistance to survivors since 2003, which was mainly counseling. $3.8 million in legal fees. And, of course, the $5 million to, um, to help uh, the people who were suspended, those priests who were suspended right. from the priesthood, all right, to, so, to live. You know, first of all, it's a catastrophe. There's no other way to look at it. Of course. I'm not as upset about the fact that a, – a le- $11 million was paid to victims as I am the fact that it had to be paid to victims because of what was done to them. It's harder to look at that $5 million and think that you're paying that to the priests that are suspended. Right. Well, I mean, it is, it is the church and the church felt a responsibility to clergy who without that assistance would be essentially homeless. I see that. Well, so get a job. I know. I mean, I, like, what? A, some other guy who's abusing kids and loses his job doesn't get some kind of payout from the, his company or whatever. I mean, yeah. you, you how, figure how it out. It? Roughly $5 million toward a minimum but livable compensation for priests suspended for abuse. I see that. All right. I, now, I, I, I don't. I, I, I don't know the regulations about it, and I, I recognize that probably there is a circumstance where you there are presuming your innocence until it's been proven that you're guilty. Do you think that's what it could be? Is that there? No, I think by saying this, you know, by giving the five million dollars to the priests uh, for priests suspended for you're right, abuse. You're right. It's not suspected. So, okay. So what? So they're, they're not been proven so we're paying, guilty. So $5 million we're paying this to priests who've been So suspended. someone's made an accusation, I believe. Right? This is how it would work. Someone made an accusation, whether the diocese investigated that or a third party investigated that with enough uh, vigor and then with enough evidence that they would see the claim as true, then instead of getting rid of the priest, they were just sort of shuttled off somewhere to where? I don't know where. To um, a faci- like a college or so, I don't know. And they're not getting a lot of money, but they, they're, they're still living. getting money that people are donating to the church. Am to, I right about that? Yes. Yeah, of course. Right. Uh, that's a lot of money. And you think about all this. I mean, I think about my mom and, you know, all those years that my family, you know, as my mother was a really faithful Catholic woman, all that money. I mean, and of course, people who are giving to the church. That that's hard-earned money. It's not people with deep pockets. People who love the church and want to see the, you know the church prosper and grow, not to give payments to people who are sexually abused and those who did the abusing. Doesn't it break your heart to think about organizations like Catholic Charities or Little Sisters of the Poor? You think you know what would five million dollars do for Little right, Sisters for of the, the Poor? 
Right, for all the excellent work that they've I mean, done for, for all loud. these many, many and decades. You, and, and now people are not going to give money to the Catholic Church because of figures like this and because of stories like this that we've read about for the last 12 months in particular. But well, people course. have, you know... Have have suspected for decades, well, then, and, know, the, and the, organizations like Little Sisters of the Poor are going to end up with not with, with no money at all. Got a business, you know, when that pol- the collection plate comes by, or when you tithe, you think I'm not paying for I'm paying for a, a lawyer, or I'm paying for some abuser to live. That's the heartbreak of it all. Hey, thanks for staying with us here today. The ride home with John and Kathy. You can check out our podcast as we, after we leave the air. John and Kathy Show dot com on Facebook. The ride home with John and Kathy. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.